Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom with our host, Bob Olson, who will now introduce today's show and speaker. WCAT Radio presents Why I Am Still Catholic with Dr. Rhonda Chervin. Are you a Catholic who's wavering about the faith? Are you a Catholic who has left off coming to church? Or are you a strong practicing Catholic who knows people who are wavering or have left the sacraments? This is the program for you. Listen to interviews with Catholics who benefit greatly from the church in spite of some of the reasons others are wavering or have left. And now to our hostess, Dr. Chervin. Welcome. Good to hear from you again. Wonderful to be on this program. And I have an interviewing today a man who I met in a very wonderful way. I was giving a seminar at Holy Apostles College and Seminary called The Way of Love, The Battle for Inner Transformation. And this man, Dan Basconi, started coming to my group. And we all liked him very much. And uh, so I asked him if he would like to tell us first a little bit about yourself. People always want to know what you do. And then about your childhood as a Catholic. And eventually, just to make sure you stay on the line, on the radio line, he's going to tell you about his horses. <laughs> go, go, Dave, go. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Rhonda and Bob. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, well, my early days, uh, I, st- I graduated college uh, as an engineer worked in that profession for many years, 17 years. Then I started my own uh, business. Uh, I sold products to um, the people that grew grass on the golf courses. These were health foods, uh, believe it or not. Just like people and animals, uh, plants need uh, a a balanced diet, and those were the kinds of products that I sold. Um, And I'm still doing that uh, a little bit. It's a little bit less than many years ago. But um, I, uh, my early days go back to a, a small town in rural southern coal mining West Virginia. I did grow up in a Catholic family. However, because of where we were located, there were no Catholic churches around. So around 10 or 11, my mother decided to send me to church uh, with my neighbors uh, I'm the oldest of uh, three boys, and the two boys next door were our ages, so we grew up together. But um, they went to a Baptist church. And uh, so my first exposure to organized religion was at that church. And I, I found it to be interesting. It was all good, uh, the Bible stories. I do remember the long sermons, uh, fire and brimstone, Um, the call to Jesus, and uh, but I found it very interesting and learned a lot. Of course, we had the summer Bible school and uh, more Bible stories. I do remember the cookies and the Kool-Aid. That was a a good reason to go, uh, as well as getting religion. Um, And then shortly after that, uh, a missionary Catholic church came close enough that my mother uh, found out about. So the whole family started going to this small church. 
uh, it was one where the priest drove in on Sundays from one direction and we arrived from the other direction, had mass. But uh, again, I found it to be very interesting, uh, very fulfilling, in that I received my first uh, communion there, uh, confirmation. Again, it was the nuns that came in during the summer to give us our lessons uh, for first communion and confirmation. But uh, I do remember when the priest uh, greeted us, uh, he looked down at me and uh, my two brothers and said, three altar boys. And so uh, we all became altar boys, which was a very good experience. And uh, during uh, those years, um, I went to a Catholic camp, for a summer camp, for two weeks. And I do remember, in addition to all the usual camp activities, uh, mass first thing in the morning, every day, and when the lights went out, we were all in bed, we said the rosary. And I felt just a lot of comfort in that. It was, it was amazing just uh, how you can get a bunch of campers to uh, uh, say the rosary and just fall off to sleep. Um, <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very nice, Dave. That's a very, very nice image. Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you, I, we were dead tired because of all the activities, but I remember laying in, it was a big dorm room. It wasn't, uh, it was this huge room with all these bunk or uh, beds spread out. And so it was, uh, you know, community, but uh, I think we were 12 or 13, and it was me and my brother that went there. But I do remember um, it was a brother, I think, that would walk up and down the aisles. The lights were dim, but just enough light so that you could see his outline. And saying that rosary still remains with me. I just, every night, every night. And um, just a great memory from that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me suddenly of that famous movie, Fiddler on the Roof, the song Tradition, Tradition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that, that means a lot to children and uh, young young um, teens and all that. Oh, so did now, when you were in college, did you keep up with the church? I did. Uh, I do have to say that I didn't go to Mass every Sunday. There was a church close to campus, uh, but I did go. I did go, but uh, I don't know why I didn't go every Sunday. But uh, I did find some Catholics there at the school. Again, this was still in West Virginia. West Virginia, certain parts of the state, uh, not, not a lot of Catholics. So, you know, a lot of Protestant churches. Um, and, um, again, uh, it was just one of those things uh, that we accepted. And uh, but in college, um, I, I did. Uh, I, I would say I uh, when I went home, of course, uh, every other week, uh, every other weekend, I would go to church with my family. So I was still going to mass on a regular basis. But I think I did miss mass a few times when I stayed at school. But uh, uh, anyhow, I, stood, I stayed strong in the faith and um, never wavered, even in the college years. Uh, matter of fact, I really think that my Catholic faith helped me get through a crazy time in college because I went to school, went to college in the late 60s and early 70s, um, and there was just a lot of turmoil. You know, the Vietnam War was on, um, what we called the hippie movement was in full bloom, and um, there was it, drugs were everywhere. Uh, I stayed away from all that stuff. Uh, and I, I really think it was just the foundation that I had from growing up in a very good family, uh, well-disciplined family, 
um, and, and my Catholic faith. Uh, I just and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a way of following you, uh, making sure that um, you know the right things come into your mind uh, at the at the right time. So um, I do attribute my Catholic faith to getting me through those years. Um, and then um, I moved to Connecticut. Uh, again, I grew up and went to school in West Virginia. Then. In 1973, I moved to Connecticut for a job, and about a year later, I met this lady, a Catholic. Um, her mother was very strong Catholic. She went to a Catholic high school. Uh, her father was not Catholic, but he was—he'd go to mass with us uh, on occasion. Uh, we went every time, every Sunday, but uh, he would go uh, on occasion. But um, was, uh, we were married in the Catholic Church in, in Hartford. And, um, you know, it was just uh, always felt very comfortable, uh, never had to, uh, you know, ha- we never had to figure out where we, what we were going to do or how we were going to do things on Sunday. We knew we went to Mass, and also her aunt and uncle who lived very nearby, very strong Catholics. So I just felt very comfortable uh, when I married into this family. I've been married for 42 years. Um, so I think our very, uh, very positive beginnings had a lot to do with it. And uh, so, again, the, the faith has uh, followed me all through my life, and I think it has made a big difference in the way I think and, and, and how I did things. So you didn't, if, you had tr- if you had questions about teachings of the church, you managed to... to um, by the grace of the Holy Spirit to understand why the church teaches certain things that are very unpopular in our culture? Well, yes, and, and here's the thing. Um, I, I, um, I, I think one of the ways I stayed close, close to, to uh, faith, my faith, Catholic faith, was because at a fairly early age, I would say around 20 or so, I would ask um, the question, uh, where does absolute truth come from? And um, so I would think it through, and I came up with an answer. And um, ten years later, I was older, had kids by then, married. Um, the question came up again. So I'm, I'm thinking it through, and I did this several times. And every time, it led me back to the same place, to God. Absolute truth has to come from God. It can't come from any other source. And um, so that right there, uh, (laughs) the search for truth for me was, and the Catholic teaching, because in the last few years I've been doing a lot of reading on theology and philosophy, and I I just think the church has it right. It it, it got it right. Uh, It's had 2,000 years to know the human person, and the Catholic teaching is solid. It's this insanity that we're dealing with in today's world that is way off track. And um, so the church tells us the truth. The Catholic church uh, is about the truth that Jesus spoke about. And when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I mean, when you really start to research it, think about it, ponder it, 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 it just, again, it just leads you to higher and higher levels 
within your faith. That's what it's done for me, is when you look for truth and you start to use Catholic teaching as a springboard, it, it just takes you to the next level, and then all of a sudden things that you didn't understand so well, they just, they're just easier to understand. It's just amazing how that works. And I've heard other people talk about it. I've read about it. But it is certainly true for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of you who are listening, you might want to look at Enroot Books and Media, that web who sponsors this radio show. They have all kinds of books explaining Catholic truths in very creative, original ways that you may never have thought of. So you might look at E-N-R-O-U-T-E books. That's en route, the French word which means on the way. En route books and media. And check out some of those books if you have a lot of questions. Um, what would you say is the aspect of your faith that you love the most? Um. I've learned to turn to my faith um, because I trust it. Uh, when, with all this, um, with all this, well, again, let's go. Let's use the, today's world. Turn on the news. Um, so much, um, so much negative. That uh, how do you deal with it? How do you process it? And it dawned on me a while back. Why don't I just turn to the church? What does the church have to say about this or about that? And what I found was that the church has addressed all these issues one way or another over the last 2,000 years. Um, we might think it's new, but I think a lot of things just in, throughout history repeat themselves. So the church has dealt with this, and it has given us, it teaches us how to uh, respond uh, so I, I find the church to just be the uh, go to the church. What what does the church say about this? Uh, for example, abortion. Uh, you know, some people have some different ideas about if it's right or wrong and, and all. But when I go to the, ch I think the church is absolutely right. Um, I respect its position and its strength on that issue. And so instead of being confused on any of the social issues or um, just how to live your life, go to church teaching, find out, uh, get guidance, and you'll be amazed at how they have pretty much done all the heavy lifting, and now your job is to live it. Now, that's not easy, not easy, but at least you've got a path to follow, and it's based on 2,000 years uh, that goes back to the teachings of Christ. And so how much more solid can you get to take a position on, like I said, the social issues of today or whatever else is coming into your life? Yes, I met someone yesterday, for instance, who said that when she was young, she, was, she remained in the church, but she questioned all these teachings. And that now... More and more she sees these teachings are true and that she was very proud in her arrogant assumption that she was right and the church was wrong. So where would you find these teachings? The easiest thing is you just Google 
uh, you know, go on search on your computer and look for the Catechism of the Catholic Church and look through the contents page and just open to anything that you're not sure about. And it's beautifully mm. written, very easy to understand, and um, very, you know, systematic. And without, if you're not ready to put your toe into the door of the Catholic Church because you left a long time ago or with, you know, very unhappy experiences of some sort, you could start reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church and see what is truth. Yes, yes. And uh, here's another thing that happened. Um, the more I learned about the faith, all of a sudden the homilies got better. You know, you hear people going, oh, man, that was a bad homily or the homily was boring. Uh, I have found that the more I learned about, uh, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the people that wrote the Gospels, uh, the saints, uh, the saints are just a tremendous resource. And all of a sudden, especially St. Paul, uh, the letters that he wrote uh, in the early days of the church, um, all of a sudden the homilies just got so much better. And it wasn't that they were bad in the past. It was me who didn't understand them. So as my faith or my understanding of my faith is deepened, it brings on all these other things. So now in a group, when people bring up things about the church, I feel I'm ready to defend the church in a much better way. Instead of just, you know, kind of not wanting to get into the discussion, I now look forward to that kind of a discussion because I think at the end these people may have just a little better idea and they may be interested in taking that next step. And I think that's how it works. It's step by step, a little each day. And I've read uh, about um, several people who started out as atheists or, uh, or Protestant or whatever, but they ended up in the Catholic Church because something intrigued them about church teaching. And once they, got to, once they started reading about it and learning about it, they started to figure it out that that was, that, that this is the church that Christ started and the church really did make a lot of sense compared to maybe what they were thinking in the past. Uh, yes. I, I, Absolutely. There are a lot of misunderstandings. But meanwhile, yeah. we only have 10 minutes left, and I think that our listeners would really like to know your theory about your horses and how your horses are healers. So please tell them, if you can put it into nine minutes, <laughs> tell, oh. tell, tell them about the horses. Oh, all right. Uh, well, uh, horses, uh, I have four horses, and one of them was born here. Uh, but I have learned that, uh, I, I have learned about, a lot about life from my horses. Uh, one is the... The barn for me is a bit of a sanctuary or a quiet place. Um, we we all have a need for quiet in our lives because otherwise the noise just consumes us. And at the barn, um, you can learn a lot of lessons. One, if you want to learn humility, knock stalls. That'll make you humble and keep you humble. Um, and not only that, but it allows you to in the quiet. You can think about things and sort things out. 
But the thing about horses is that, uh, and Dr. Rhonda, we talked about this, I don't think of horses as pets because uh, think of them as a partner. You have to form a partnership with a horse because they're just too big. They're big, strong, fast, and quick. They're holding all the aces, and so when you work around them, in order to be safe, you have to have that partnership based on trust, trust and respect. And um, uh, then they'll do what you want. Uh, what I see uh, just hanging around them and observing them is, and I wrote something to you about this, is uh, they're a prey animal. And as a result, uh, they have to use all their senses in the wild to survive because they're surrounded by predators. And um, one of the things that uh, is a problem is when. On windy days, they get anxious because of, as I said in my email to you, uh, what they hear and what they can't hear. And what they hear, especially at my barn, you hear the whistling, uh, rustling of leaves, and these are all sounds that uh, they don't hear on a calm day. So, you know, especially this one, she has to go check out everything, and she makes everybody else nervous. She's in and out. Um, and then uh, what they can't hear is uh, a predator approaching. Because in the wild, again, you better find it, you better see this predator or hear it before it's on you, or it may be too late. And um, so the thought that occurred to me is that um, noise in our lives prevents us from hearing the evil that surrounds us. Um, the, uh, because we, we become anxious, we become aggressive. And that's why this quiet time in our lives is so important. And um, being at the barn with these horses um, is just an environment that I, you can be, it can be used for anything. You can pray, you can ponder, you can uh, just, uh, just uh, relax. Uh, and even though it's work, it's not the kind of work that leaves you all stressed out. And so I just find that we all need a place to go at some point during the day, and whether it's a, you know, a room in our home, maybe a chapel, uh, even a barn. But uh, I, I just the horses uh, tell me that we need a quiet place in our lives, in their lives, and, and I think that's a good lesson for us. Um, the, um, I, the other thing is I think horses can be used for healing, and this was something we talked about when you were here at Holy Apostles. Uh, there is therapeutic healing, uh, you know, uh, to heal, help people feel, uh, heal physically, but I think horses could be used in a spiritual way. Uh, just being around these animals, uh, they cause a lot of... Uh, maybe a lot of anger, a lot of aggression that might be in a person. It just diffuses everything, especially if you groom a horse. It's that feel. It's just being around these animals that just makes everything better. And if you, if someone were to come to the barn that was having a bad day or was having some issues, I would use that opportunity to help that person start to see uh, a better way. Um, for example, uh, not, not maybe talking about horses, but also then talking about uh, God. 
uh, and maybe relating things. And it would be in small doses so that the person wasn't overwhelmed. And if they came away from this, uh, from, from the barn feeling better, they may want to come back. They may want to pursue something that we talked about. And uh, whether they want to go volunteer at a rescue, uh, a horse rescue, they're always looking for volunteers, or they may want to pick up a book and start to read about um, you know, religion or Catholic teaching, something that may have been sparked at the barn that they leave with that might allow them to, in a year's time, become a whole different person, a better person. So I just feel horses is one means to do that. And um, we're going to be moving at some point in the summertime, and um, you know, we'll probably, I'm hoping to find a place where maybe that can be done, uh, maybe work with local parishes if uh, they wanted to bring somebody by that uh, they were working with and felt that they could benefit from this. That, to me, I think is a very good use. Uh, horses need a job, just like people. They need a job, and I think this should be an excellent job for them. So, but uh, I, I'd like to tell you, I just feel that horses are one of God's best creation, uh, not to take away from any any other kind of animal or any of these other creations, but for me, they've just been wonderful. I think I was so intrigued by your doing this because some people think probably who have left the church or are wavering Catholics, they think that if you follow the church teachings, that then you get dull. You don't have any fun in life or any joy in life. And that's so contrary to the actual experience is it seems to me the more you cling to Jesus in the church, the more you rejoice in his gifts which he gives you. And you see these things like horses as gifts of God instead of just a biological exactly. species, right? Exactly. And that's the thing. The barn gives you that atmosphere in which to start the discussion. You can, you can kind of gauge where everybody is. And, again, you don't overwhelm someone but you simply spark their interest. And if they see that the barn is a happy place, a good place, then they may want to, why? Why is this? Well, it's not just the horses. It's the people and how all of this relates, how God and nature and forgiveness and trust and respect, once again, here we go back to trust. Um, uh, if horses don't trust you, trust me, trust me, no pun intended, you're, you're going to have a hard time with them. And uh, we have to trust in Jesus. Um, our, our faith is based on trust, uh, the words that he spoke. And uh, there's this connection, and it's just a matter of someone sorting, it, sorting through it, making it simple, and just kind of presenting to people, I think they would find it interesting, and all of a sudden, the next they're off on their own. And it could be, like I said, some people need a lot of inspiration, some people may only need a little, but the whole idea is to get these people back to church, uh, again, thinking again. And if they think the church is restrictive, that's the worst, that is a myth. Uh, the, the church sets you free. Uh, you get pure freedom when you trust in God. Um, you're not addicted to anything. You're not a slave to addiction. 
and, and there's there's where freedom comes from. So people just have a complete misunderstanding. Yes, I keep I keep wondering why do people people who are throwing dangerous drugs and yep. alcohol into their bodies, but they won't receive Jesus in Holy Communion because they've left the church. Why wouldn't oh. you try him instead? But of course, yeah. these things have deep, deep roots. So we can just pray for healing and for that because of our happiness and joy in being Catholics, that others will be interested in looking at the church another time, once again. It, oh, yeah. And I think some people may just be there. They just need someone to get them started. In other words, they've tried everything else. They're in despair. They need hope. And, uh, you, you know, you might be that person that uh, comes into that person's life that that was what they needed. You, you were the one they needed to get them thinking again. And like I said, um, this, this, uh, this uh, ability to have that opportunity, I, I guess that's how I see this. Is it's an opportunity um, to help someone and they're there for a reason, and um, you can just, like I said, gauge what you need to say, what you need to do, and little by little, if this person comes back and makes a major change over a year or two, that you won the battle. You won, there's victory there. And, okay, uh, so we have to close. We have only one minute left. Thank you, Father God, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, for the witness of Dave we have heard to the wonderful benefits of being a Catholic. We welcome all who have left us to come home and all who are wavering to listen to our weekly programs where our guests tell you why I am still a Catholic. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Dr. Rhonda. And we'll be back again next week, same time, same station, on WCAG Radio. And in the meantime, may God bless each and every one of us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.